Welcome to the Cornerstone Corner, our weekly message podcast. At Cornerstone, we are enthusiastic about all ages, having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open the Bible and hear God's word for us today. Those kind of things. So, uh, hey, we are going to jump into a teaching this morning. So if you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter one. That's where we're going to land today. Luke chapter one. Uh, if you didn't bring a paper Bible with you and you'd like to use one, there are paper Bibles spread throughout the auditorium about every other seat or so. You could grab one of those. Or you can simply go to sermons.church on a browser on a device, smart device, and you can uh, all the fill in the blanks, all the scriptures, everything will be there for you this morning. And to get us started today, I actually want to show you a picture of mine. And it's funny enough that I just talked about Uganda. And uh, this, is, this is a young lady from Uganda that I got to got a chance to meet uh, last month, and uh, her name is Trust, uh, an incredible young woman. Uh, she is now 18 years old, but is one of the many orphaned children that uh, have been cared for through Mamaskovia and Kuyamba Ministries in Uganda, uh, specifically Gaba, Uganda. And uh, my mind went to Trust this week, because again, I keep telling you all that kind of like Matt, Pastor Matt's been a little wrecked by his trip to Uganda. And so I keep thinking about all these incredible people I got to meet. Uh, but I was thinking about her and I was thinking about really all the kids in Africa because of where we are headed today, our topic, which just happens to be her name. Uh, we're going to talk this morning about trust. And not specifically her, although I would love to tell you lots of things about trust. But uh, we're going to talk just about the concept of trust this morning. Um, and specifically, we're going to talk this morning about trusting God. We're going to talk about trusting God. Something, by the way, that those children in Africa have to do quite a bit. Right? I mean, they're orphaned children. Uh, they, again, 40 uh, kids in a very three, small three-bedroom home. Um, they have very little. They have to trust God every day, likely probably more than you and I do. Right? Very much have to trust God. And uh, we, it's, by the way, they, uh, these kids inspire me uh, with how much they trust God. Um, how many of you know that, that we are probably, likely all of us in the room, we're probably way better off, time, 10 times better than they are. Right? And they, they just, the, their faith in God is infectious. It's incredible. And so uh, what I was thinking about them, and I was thinking about this whole idea of this, because of where we're going to talk about today, the woman in our story, I will tell you, has that kind of faith and trust in God. And I'm super excited to jump in today. So we're going to talk about trust today. Uh, as many of you know, we are in a Christmas series here at Cornerstone called Songs for the Not-So-Holly Jolly, in which we are looking at four songs recorded in the Bible uh, around the birth of Jesus by people that are kind of surrounding the birth of Jesus, uh, and the hope being that each one of these songs, each one of these stories brings the beauty of Christmas and a Savior being born. By the way, that is why we celebrate this time of year, right? Um, bringing all that into focus, especially for those, I know that the holidays for some of you, it's just a really tough time, and so if you're in a not-so-holly-jolly season, that's why we're looking at these stories, so we can hopefully have a little bit more of that holly-jolly sense of really the beauty of the Savior being born, and this whole bring hope and love and joy and peace into our lives this season, all right? And so this week, we're going to take a look at this third song of these four songs, and this ha uh, happens to be in Luke chapter one. And this is the story of, and this hopefully where you get the connection what I was just talking about with trust. Um, this is the story of Mary. And man, what an incredible story of trust, y'all, that I think that we have some things that we can pick out of this today. Uh, like last week, this is a very familiar and traditional chunk of Christmas text. So we're going to dive in, see what we can take from it today. We're going to start in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. We're going to jump around a little bit, so follow along as best as you can. Okay, uh, starting in verse 26, it says this. 
It says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Skip to verse 34. How will this be, Mary answered, uh, asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 38, as Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And then we're gonna go to verse 46. This is the actual song that Mary sings. And it says this, and Mary said, she actually sung the song. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so our title this morning is, our song of the Not So Holly Jolly is Mary, a song of trust. And I see a few things here in Mary uh, that helped her in this text, helped her, and by the way, I think can help us to generate trust in God, making available the possibility of Not So Holly Jolly, uh, those times that we have those, they, they, it makes it possible that those things can fade away, dissolve, maybe even for, for some of us in some situations, completely vanish altogether. Um, and so I have a couple things I want to share with you today on that, but before I do that, I want to pause and pray, and then I'll give you some things to write down and think about. So let's pray together. So Father, we thank you for um, just an opportunity to be in this place together. Uh, uh, I've heard people say in the past, God, there's no greater thing than the body of Christ getting together. Um, and so there's something here today. Um, there's something in the fact that we're just in this place, ready to worship you. We were able to sing and worship you, God. And now as we look into this uh, time of, of, of picking apart this particular part of the Bible, God, we know that the scripture is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It can change us. It can mold us. It can do things to us, God, that uh, no other thing can do. And so, Father, we pray, uh, and God, we just say we're open to that this morning. And God, that you would do supernatural things among us, not because of what I am doing here today, up here talking, God, um, but ho Holy Spirit, just come and uh, do what you want to do among us. Uh, encourage us, challenge us, change us in some way. God, I pray that every single person who walks out of here changed today, um, including me, because of the power of your spirit with us today. God, we just honor you with this time and we give it to you and we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. 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 All right. Did you get me coffee? All right, my daughter got me coffee. Can you bring me coffee? Because let's, heaven knows, I don't need it, right? All right. Um, all right. Thank you, babe. All right. Uh, all right, two points today. Two points to the two things we see in Mary that helped her uh, generate trust in God that can help us do the same thing. The first one, you can write this in your handout. Mary trusts God by turning anxiety into adoration. Write that in. And we're going to spend quite a bit of time here today. I think this is kind of the real crux of the message this morning, right? Mary trusts by turning anxiety into adoration. To kind of capture this point this morning, we have to go back through, and I want to look at a couple specific verses in the text, okay, to get us to where this would make sense, okay? Uh, and the first one is verse 19. 
which says, again, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. This is from the angel, right? And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And so the angel comes and he starts talking to her and she's kind of like freaking out, right? This is establishing in our text that she was very uneasy. She was, it says they're greatly troubled. One might even use the word anxious. She was anxious, right? And this, by the way, is before even the big news comes. This is just because the angel showed up. And then he says to her in verse 31, he says, hey, Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will are to call him Jesus. And she was like, uh, what now? Because she goes on to verse 34, she says, right? She says, how will this be? Uh, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. She was like, um, there's kind of a problem here because the thing that you have to do to get the baby, I haven't done that before. If you need information on that, you can talk to me later, okay? <laughs> right? So she's like freaking out. She's like, wait a second. Like the thing that you have, I, how is this going to be? And, and so then he says, well, it's okay. And we'll look at this in a minute. Like the Holy Spirit, like talk about like she was already on easy. And then you're like, hey, by the way, you're going to have a baby. Panic attack, anyone? Right? I was thinking about this week. I was like, imagine someone telling you, I know some of you uh, are, are, are like beyond your teenage years, those kind of things, but think back to when you were a teenager, 15 or 16. Most uh, scholars think that Mary would have been about 15 or 16 at this time. Imagine the, the angel telling you at 16, look, you weren't even thinking about this yet. Um, you were probably thinking about college and the, your future, but you're going to have a baby. Merry Christmas. Right? I mean, think about that for me. Like, think of, put your mind, put, get yourself in that mentality. Like, I mean, serious panic attack, freak out time, right? Like, right? It, it, it would be like crazy. Or I was thinking about it like this. Um, some of you are maybe are in the place in life where like Leah and I, you know, many, Leah and I have amazing children. We love them, but we, we're glad we're not having any more, right? Um, those kind of, we, we were, we've been done for a while and those kind of things. And so I was thinking about this, like, like put yourself in the shoes, like those of you that might be in that boat, like Leah and I, and you're thinking, okay, so you're thinking, okay, Matt, you were thinking about retirement in the next 20 years. You're starting to kind of plan for all that stuff. And, and, and what, but hey, congratulations. You're going you're gonna to be a daddy again. Merry Christmas. How many of you know that would not be a great Christmas present for me? Right? I, I would be freaking out a little bit, right? Like, come on. I'm, I mean, I was thinking this week, I was thinking, like, I love children. I, you guys know that I love kids. I absolutely love kids. But I, it's great loving other people's kids when they're little. Right? Then, like, the whole, like, 3 a.m. thing and the poopy, like, the poopy diaper thing. Like, I'm kind of done with poopy diapers. Like, God bless you, Ryan and Sarah. Bless you. Right? Like, like it's just like the reality. Like, it's, like I was thinking, like, how, like, raising a child from the start. I mean, potty training. Some of you gone through potty like, and by the way, potty training wasn't even as bad for, for Lee and I as much as it was teaching our children to ride a two-wheel bike. Like, I literally wanted to, like, let my children ride their bike into the river. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, it was, like, the most awful thing in the plan. So, to, like, I'm thinking, like, like, my mind goes to all of those things. Like, I would be like, if I was married right now, and God said, hey, Matt and Lee, you're having another one. Like, it, it would take me a minute to get there. Like, I would be freaking out. There would be some anxiousness in me. And that feeling, and I really want you to feel it, because think about when you were 16, or think about, like, if that was your life right now. Like, like you got to feel what Mary felt, folks. Like, I love the fact that the Bible, by the way, side note, is, is real. This is real life. This isn't just a story. This lit, y'all wake, wake this morning? Y'all are a little lethargic for me this morning. Like, this is real story. This happened to a human being. Put yourself in Mary's shoes, and that feeling, that teenager is what she's feeling, the pit-in-your-stomach feeling, and rightly so, and she was very, very uneasy, greatly troubled, anxious. But as her song begins, that, I don't want to focus so much on that this morning, but as her song begins, I took notice this week of what she does first. She first turns anxiety into adoration. 
Take a look at it, verse 46 and 47. As, she, as her song begins, she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Verse 49, for the mighty one has done great things for me. We just sang about that. Has done great things for me. Holy is his name. What does she do? She turns anxiety into adoration. She, first of all, sings, which I'm gonna talk about a little bit more in a minute, but, but she takes these anxious feelings that are inside of her and says, no, no. My soul glorifies God. My, my soul glorifies God, not the anxiety that I feel or the thoughts that I have. No, we're not glorifying those things. We're going to glorify the Lord that is in my soul. And then she says, no, no, I, I, I know I have these anxious thoughts and these feelings, but no, no, my spirit rejoices in God, not an anxious spirit. How many of you know there is an anxious spirit and it's not from God? She said, no, no, my, my soul glorifies the Lord and the spirit that is in him and it is in me. And, and, and so the reality is she turns quickly, turns anxiety into adoration. That is a big honking deal. By the way, honking is an actual biblical term, okay? That is a big deal. That her first response in this very anxious moment, in that feeling that we all just kind of walk through and now we're starting to feel as Mary as well, she then turns her anxiety into adoration. She's like, I am not gonna give any feet to this anxious thought. To these anxious moments. But then also remember that this is a song, right? This is a song. And so she was dealing with this anxiety, being greatly troubled, thoughts and feelings, dealing with that by singing, right? Do you know that there's actually something, uh, something about singing? Like there's value, like physical value in singing that actually benefits our mental health, our emotional health. Do you know that? I actually did a little bit of research this week and I found that scientists and experts say, as well as agree, which by the way is kind of a miracle in itself, right? But scientists and experts say and agree that singing helps emotional health. And the reason is, is because it lowers something called cortisol. I don't even know what that is, but it lowers cortisol. I've talked to Pastor Ryan, he knows all about the brain, right? He's telling me all about it. He got really geeked out about it this week when we're talking about this, right? So it actually lowers cortisol and, and, uh, and, and so which then relieves stress and tension. I was like, sweet. Eat, right? And then uh, it, because it has lowered that, it actually, then not only that, it actually releases endorphins and oxytocin. Those are the feel-good chemicals of the brain, which in turn lowers stress and anxiety levels. And so I'm thinking, so like there literally is something physically beneficial and emotionally beneficial to singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing, right? <laughs> There's something physically, and like, I don't know about you, that got me excited this week because I was like, wait a second, there's, like, there's, there's something to it, and we see Mary doing this. Not only do we see Mary saying no to anxiety and anxious thoughts, then she starts singing that has this physical thing, by the way, that God had, by the way, do you know that God created that? God created the song. And then it started making me, uh, reminded me of, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really excited this morning. This one kind of gets me excited. Um, I was thinking this week, on my day off on Monday, I watched an incredible movie on Netflix. A picture will come up on the screen. It's actually called True Spirit. Um, anybody seen this movie, True Spirit? Oh, good. Watch this movie. It is incredible. This movie is based on a true story, and it's about a 16-year-old Australian girl named Jessica Watson, uh, who is uh, one of the very few people uh, who have actually uh, sailed completely around the world. Solo. Um, she did this at 16. 210 days, she sailed around the world. I will just tell you, it is an inspiring. I actually started watching this when I was working out, thinking this is going to be lame, and I was like pumped up, ready to work out. 
Because it's super inspiring. So watch it this week. But as I was working on the message this week, I was reminded of one of the keys that got her through the 210 days. Um, She was in the middle of the ocean. No one around. I think this was the part of her journey and her story. Again, this is based on a true story. Where she was actually in the middle of the ocean, seven days straight, no wind, no waves. Stuck. And she was anxious. And she was lonely. And she had a stat phone, so she was able to call her coach. Her coach was a gentleman who had done this on a team years before, and actually wasn't solo, but he did it on a team. So he called, and she called him, and she said, what am I supposed to do? And he tells her, can you guess? To sing. He says, sing. And she's like, sing? And she's like, I can't sing. And so she sings, and by the way, that is the one thing out of those seven. Can you imagine being in the middle of the ocean, nothing around, no one around, stuck, literally can't move? what kind of anxious thoughts you may have, what kind of anxiety you might be dealing with and loneliness. And so she sings, and it's the one thing, one of the very few things that got her through those. By the way, she actually makes it all the way around back to Australia. She gets it done. See, there, there's something, folks, there's something to singing. We see Mary do it, and we see the, this, this young lady, 16-year-old, do this, right? Actually, in my research this week, it also said that singing enhances feelings of trust and bonding, which explains that it, it improves depression and feelings of loneliness as well. And I found that super convenient for today's message, right? It enhances feelings of what? Trust. It enhances feelings of trust, Look, Mary figured something out here in this particular text. I think it's easy to be missed, right? By the words she sung and by by singing it all, taking anxiety and doing something, forcing a turnaround, turning stress into song. Turning stress. There's value to turning stress into song. Not so holly jolly too, very much jolly in a sense. And so there's, this, there's these three parts. So that's the first part. She's saying no to this, right? I'm going to go. I'm going to go if I go. She starts singing. But that's kind of just like the, the first couple parts of this, right? The, Mary also does more than just simply sing here, right? Mary is singing, turning anxiety into adoration through what? Anyone know? Through what? Worship, Right? She turns at anxiety and adoration through, just as I mentioned at first, that her saying no to rejoicing to an anxious spirit, the fact that this is worship to God, right, is the key to actually being able to turn this whole anxiety thing around, right, in true adoration and worship of God. I think we see a significant thing here from Mary that can easily, again, be missed, that sure, we all, like, we're going to go, okay, yeah, fine, like, she was 16, she's going to, okay, that's high stress, whatever, those kind of things. But, but to process all of this, to, to get through all of this stress and everything, she does so by worship, by turning worry into worship. There's something here. Y'all are getting this this morning, okay. There's, there's some, there's value, folks. I don't know about you. Like, I, I actually, yesterday, um, there's some things going on in my, my extended family, and it's really tough, tough and hard, those kind of things. And so um, somebody said, hey, we need to go get the donuts. And I just went and got donuts because you know what I want to do? I just wanted to worship in the car. I just wanted to get in the car, and I wanted to worship my God because the stuff that's going on in my life sucks. By the way, I'm Okay. But what's happening relationally with some things in my life, it's not fun. I don't like it. I don't want it to be there and those kind of things. And so all that I had left to do, you know what I did yesterday? All I was able to do is just get in the car and worship my God. Because by the way, if Matt could fix it, Matt would fix it right now. But I can't fix it. And so I just worshiped my God. I turned my worry into worship. It actually made me think of a very um, theologically classic movie. I don't know if some of you have seen it or not. Um, This one. 
elf, right? Like, and you know, you know the quote, right? The best way to spread Christmas cheer, what? It's singing loud for all to hear. And so I, I try to put in context of our, our conversation today and Mary, and I started to think about this. If I could use it, that quote, and kind of turn it around a little bit to what we're talking about today, this is what I might use. The best way to deal with anxiety, be loud and clear, worship God and he will hear. But can I tell you something? Like yesterday was kind of a tough day, but, but um, what I felt a lot better when I came out of the car. Because I worshiped my God. By the way, that, that at the end of the day, how, oh man, how many of y'all are looking forward to heaven when there's no worry? He carries that. Essentially, what I'm trying to get at here is we gotta, we gotta trust God with our anxious thoughts and our worry and our stress. We gotta trust God. Remember the, 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 the second part of our song here, right? This is the, Mary's song is a song of trust. And so trust God with anxious thoughts and moments and stress, turning it in, uh, wor- worry into worship and adoration. Again, you see Mary sings in verse 49, says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. That's worship. Holy is his name. Intense feelings, great trouble here, and the process to walk through them was worship, which I think is a value to note here from Mary and do so in our life. And we actually see this modeled in other parts of the scripture as well. So they can try and think of other places where we see people, like when they're in duress and stress, where they, where they begin to worship. And I, be, I started to think about Acts chapter 16, where the apostle Paul and Silas are arrested. They are put in prison, by the way. If you, I don't know about you, but if, if Matt Porman was put in prison, I would kind of be a little bit of a basket case. They probably just won't let me out because I'd be kind of crazy, right? But, like, but these guys, they get arrested, by the way, for just following Jesus, being Christ followers, right? And the reality is then, what does it say here to them, about them in verse 25? It says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and here it is, singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And they did what Mary did. They, they sang worship to God. By the way, right after this particular story, read it on your own time this week, like God does a miracle, actually gets them out of prison, right? And not only does gets them out of prison and, and that helps them, but the reality of it is then a bunch of other people actually come to know Jesus because of this experience. And what started with just simply singing hymns to God in a moment of stress, worry, anxiety. There's value to this. Psalm 42 verse 11 says, why my soul? Are you downcast? Why so disturbed with me? And then I love this part. It says, put your hope in God, my soul. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, even in the midst of the, the challenge, even in the midst of the anxiety. All this, I yet will praise him, my Savior and my God. Look, in times of uncertainty and challenge, there's value to singing, but equally, if not greater value, to singing to God, trusting him. We got to trust God in the not so holly jolly times and anxiety of our lives, turning all we can into adoration to the King of Kings. Even if, by the way, even, and, and, and you know, because somebody like, well, I don't sing very well, Pastor Matt. By the way, you don't actually have to do it out loud necessarily, although there's physical benefits that. I know some of you might be at work and you might be in a stressful situation and you're going, I can't really sing at work, those things. But here's the beauty of a relationship with God is we can let our heart sing. Y'all know your heart can sing. So let your heart sing. If you can't do it out loud, let your heart sing and your mind sing. Worship God in the times of stress and anxiety. The, the point is that there's this worship thing is what we see Mary do here in her song. Knowing that she's not her own, she knew that she was God's first and her, it says there, her soul, her spirit, her life was meant to first glorify the Lord. Rejoice in God as what meant, was meant for eternal purposes, whatever that meant. 
It's the reason, by the way, that she says, uh, amongst a ton of anxiety, says in verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She says, I am the Lord's. Say, so, man, look, I'm the, if this is, God, if this is your plan, then let's go. And so to walk it out, as we've looked at at this point, she clearly says no to an anxious spirit, by the way, that is evil. She does so by physically singing and singing to God, trusting God, trusting the one who, but do, y'all, do y'all know that God is the one who can change anything? She sings this song to trust God who can change anything. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, that's important, every situation by prayer and petition, I would add to that, singing with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Give it to God. That doesn't mean that it's a proof automatically going to go away. By the way, it could. Likely, it won't do that for everything, but can I tell you something? It will change the inside of us if we will give it to God. By prayer, petition, and singing with thanksgiving presents to God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. We, we, we look at this verse a lot around here. Man, that's, it's important for us. Mary, Mary's, like we got to see the Mary song shows us the value of taking note of this, this, this trust thing with God. Turning stress into song, worry into worship, anxiety into adoration, walking it out through being loud. If I go back to that, loud and clear, worshiping God so he will hear. By the way, can I tell you that um, sometimes we let our anxious thoughts and our stress be the loudest voice that we hear. Be loud and clear, worship God and he will hear. It, I was thinking about this. It surely can't hurt, right? I mean, it, it's possible, right, that, that physically, emotionally, spiritually, like this could actually help us. And, and, and the rea- reality is, is that, that life is still gonna be hard and, and you might still have an anxious thought. You might have some challenges, those kind of things. But I will tell you, like, just keep worshiping God. Don't give up. Y'all need some more coffee this morning. Nobody's like giving me any facial expressions this morning. <laughs> I mean, really, can, can I tell you something? Like, we, the, the Gordons just, just did this thing. They said, you know, when depression is at an all-time high, folks, you know that it is, right? And, and, and man, I tell you what, if you, if you need to go see a doctor, go see a doctor. If you need to get on medication, get on medication. God is a, a God who can actually create a lot of those kind of things. But keep praying and worshiping God in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't stop. By the way, because those are, those are great things that God has created all this stuff, but the, the, the God of the universe can do even incredibly more than we can think and imagine what the scripture tells us. So don't give up doing that. And so this, I wrote in my notes, this, maybe we give this a try. Give it a try. Or maybe for some of you, like, yeah, I tried years ago. Try it again. Do it again. Just keep trying. Don't give up. That's point number one. Mary trusts by turning anxiety into adoration, which really kind of is the, I think I mentioned already, the, kind of the crux of the message today. Um, but I did tack on a second point real quick, and I just felt like this was important to notice as we look at this text. I actually want to use it to dive deeper into a specific point that I think is noteworthy. So you can feel this in. Mary trusts by, number two, grabbing an available exchange. Grabbing an available exchange. I see this from the text from Mary's song in verse 48, which says... For he, God, has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And so I I think it's really important for us to realize this is a big change. 
Big change here, quite an exchange. It says that he was mindful, mindful of her, which in itself is incredible that God of the universe would be mindful of any of us, right? But specifically, that he was mindful of her what? Of her humble state. She being, by the way, Mary, uh, being in a quite a humble state, a poor girl of Bethlehem, likely on her way to live her life, her whole life poor, struggling, nothing really to write home about in life. But then, because of this moment and what she was going to become in the mother of Jesus, it says the word, can you bring up that verse one more time? It says all. It says all. By the way, that meaning all mean then, now, and forever. All generations. This is a huge exchange. All generations will what? Call me blessed. Call her blessed. Likely, no one would have ever done that. Never called her the blessed one, this poor Bethlehem little, little girl. And yet, this now says that all will call her blessed. You see, the, she knew even in this moment, by the way, the angel was still with her during this time, that even then she knew that this was an important moment. And she's decided to leap. And because of it, because she decided to leap at this and say yes to this, uh, her whole entire outlook changed. And, and folks, what I want us to catch today is that God changes things. God changes things. He can flip anything upside down. He is the God. He, God, the, uh, the, the creator of the universe is the God who can make beautiful things out of messes. And you've probably seen some of that in your life. God is the God who, who, can, who can take beautiful things and make, make them out of a mess. He's the one who can, when there seems to be no way, he can go, here's the way. He's the God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. And Mary, this poor girl of Bethlehem, grabs onto this trust, grabs and takes a hold of this available exchange. And I think that's significant. And beyond agreeing in this moment, saying yes, which by the way was no small thing, and she knew that. I mean, she knew this was a very hard yes. She knew it was because this was going to add social trouble for her and for Joseph, right? I mean, what are people going to think? By the way, I can tell you what they were going to think. They were going to think that they were in sin, right? They were going to have a baby without being married, right? They were going to be ridiculed and exiled, and many people didn't want to associate with them, right? And so she knew this was a hard yes, but beyond grabbing in and agreeing this moment, saying yes, the truth is, really the truth is, as she gets here, Mary gets to this moment, this exchange moment, the angel being chosen to carry the Son of God, she gets here with no human effort except for one human way to live. She gets here with and through humility. Through humility. Being humble, it says in verse 30 of the text, the angel tells her, Mary, you have found favor with God. Favor with God? Why? What I want to suggest is, because I think she, we see this in the text, is because she was humble. The, the, the possibility of this exchange and this moment of trust comes because she was humble. Verse 48, again, says, for he has been mindful of the, here it is, humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Humility, humble, and then you got to be humble, and then all generations will call me blessed. That's the, the why behind this whole thing. And her song actually tells us the other way, uh, not living humble, meaning like kind of living in pride, which, by the way, is just so easy to do in this life. It is for me. The other way, well, that really can, can, get, uh, can hardly get us anywhere, right? And then often will get us into a position of going backwards, honestly. Sometimes living in pride will actually get us in deficit rather than lined up for an exchange. That actually says in verse 51, this is her song. She says, he, God, has performed mighty deeds with his arm. And then here it is. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. 
Verse 52, he, God, has brought down rulers from their thrones, meaning uh, from their high places of pride, but has, and then here it is again, and where we, what Mary has been, and now is trusting and choosing again to be, he has lifted up the humble. There, there's something about humility, living in humility, being humble and available for an exchange. There's, they kind of go hand in hand here. It's key to this whole thing because at the root of it, when we live either in pride or humility, what it comes down to, the root of it is, do we tr- who do we trust more? Do we trust us or do we trust God? Right? Like, that's what it comes down to. When we live our lives in such a way that we, we're like, well, gosh, I'm really, like, I'm really good looking and I'm really witty and I'm really good at my job. By the way, I'm really great at all those. No, I'm kidding. All right. But like when we say, like, like, I'll be honest with you, I had a conversation with somebody about a year ago. They're like, well, you know, like Matt, like this whole pride thing, whatever, like, because I'm pretty great. And like, there's a lot of days where I can like do a lot of things without God, which by the way, you can do a lot of things without God, right? But we're gonna look at a scripture here in a minute that I would, I would think like, oh man, I, I kind of wanted to take a step back from him, <laughs> right? I was thinking lightning might strike him, right? Like, because at the end of the day, what's, what he was saying is I trust me a lot and I trust God sometimes, right? That's what it comes down to. But Matthew 23, 12 says, for those who exalt themselves, look at this, will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Can I say that it is a scary thing, or at least it should be, a little bit, that we might be humbled by a holy God? That should scare us a little. It should scare us if we're living that much more in our pride, because I'll tell you, it kind of scares me. I mean, talk about not so holly jolly. I mean, the, the Lord being able to kind of take you down. By the way, he's loving, but he's also a judge. It's actually one of the reasons why I, I actually pray through this verse during my Bible time in the mornings. And I, I will say something like this. I was like, I'll say, Lord, um, help me be humble so that I'm not humbled. Trust you more than I trust me. By the way, that's a pretty, not that I'm great at prayer, but that's a pretty good prayer that we should be praying. Lord, allow me to be humble so I'm not humbled and trust you more than I trust me. How many of you know that can be tough sometimes? Like M- Matt Porman can trust himself a lot. I can fall into pride, those kind of things. And, and I, want, I want to trust God. And because the reality is if I'm living in pride, it actually says in James 4, 6, it says God opposes the proud but shows favor, like Mary, he shows favor to the humble. He offers much more of an exchange for trust in him over us. Proverbs 16, 18, this is in the message. This is a tough pill to swallow. It says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Ouch. We actually had a, a guest speaker here once that said, if you can't say amen, say ouch, right? <laughs> that one hurts a little bit, right? Again, not so highly jolly. Who are we trusting, folks? Like, I think Mary very much shows us the value of living humble in lots of ways, but for sure, trusting God more than herself here. Living humble. And it gets us to, 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 to be in this moment. She gets to be in this exchange, which just so happens is where we, by the way, actually want to be. Don't we want to be in the exchange moment with the Father? That's what we want. But if we want to be in an exchange moment with the Father, not only once in our life, but multiple times and in, in in more regularity in our lives, folks, it's going to take an excessive amount of humility. Sometimes easier said than done, I know, but for sure something to work at, to work towards, humility to trust, humility to trust. 
Again, I think another great thing to take from Mary in her song today, this point again, Mary trusts by, she trusts through living humble, being truly humble, trusting and grabbing an available exchange. You know, I, I was thinking this week, um, can I say like with these two thoughts from Mary today, they come up on the screen again just as a kind of a recap, with Mary uh, turning anxiety into adoration, stressed into song, worrying to worship, and then grabbing an available exchange through a heck of a lot of humility, trusting God so deeply. I thought this week, I was like, man, I kind of want to be spiritually like Mary when I grow up. Like, I think, you know, we, we, we want, we want the, the reality of we want to be just like Jesus. But man, for somebody to be chosen as the one to carry Jesus and to be his mom, there's something there that you go, gosh, like, I'm just going to look to Jesus, but man, there's something that Mary had figured out. So I wrote in my notes, I was like, a prayer. I was like, God, may I, may we find through Jesus that kind of practical trust in you. Because Mary trusted God. Big time. Because she did, she got to carry the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Man, what an honor. It's a big deal. Well, we pray that you enjoyed the message today. We pray that it was challenging and that the Spirit has stirred something new in you today. Have a blessed week.